Hey everyone, it's Storytime with Fuzzy Dad, and today we're going to continue on with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Chapter 21. Goodbye, Violet. This gum, Mr. Wonka went on, is my latest, my greatest, my most fascinating invention. It's a chewing gum meal. It's, 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 that tiny little strip of gum lying there is a whole three-course dinner, all by itself. What sort of nonsense is this, said one of the fathers. My dear sir, cried Mr. Wonka, when I start selling this gum in the shops, it will change everything. It'll be the end of all kitchens and all cooking. There'll be no more shopping to do. No more buying of meat and groceries. There'll be no knives and forks at mealtimes. No plates, no washing up, no rubbish, no mess. Just a little strip of Wonka's magic chewing gum and that's all you'll ever need at breakfast, lunch and supper. This piece of gum I've just made happens to be tomato soup, roast beef and blueberry pie. But you can have almost anything you want. What do you mean it's tomato soup, roast beef and blueberry pie, said Violet Beauregard. If you were to start chewing it, said Mr Wonka, then that is exactly what you'd get on the menu. It's absolutely amazing. You can actually feel the food going down your throat and into your tummy. And you can taste it perfectly. And it fills you up. It satisfies you. It's terrific. It's utterly impossible, said Veruca Salt. Just so long as it's gum, shouted Violet Beauregard. Just so long as it's a piece of gum and I can chew it, then that's for me. And quickly she took her own world record piece of chewing gum out of her mouth and stuck it behind her left ear. Come on, Mr Wonka, she said. Hand over this magic gum of yours and we'll see if the thing works. Now, Violet, said Mrs Beauregard, her mother, don't let's do anything silly, Violet. I want the gum, Violet said obstinately. What's so silly? I would rather you didn't take it, Mr. Wonka told her gently. You see, I haven't got it quite right yet. There are still one or two things. Oh, to blazes with that, said Violet. And suddenly, before Mr. Wonka could stop her, she shot out a fat hand and grabbed the sticky gum out of the little drawer and popped it into her mouth. At once, her huge, well-trained jaws started chewing away on it like a pair of tongs. Don't, said Mr. Wonka. Fabulous, shouted Violet. It's tomato soup. It's hot and creamy and delicious. I can feel it running down my throat. Stop, said Mr. Wonka. The gum isn't ready yet. It's not right. Of course it's right, said Violet. It's working beautifully. Oh my, what lovely soup this is. Spit it out, said Mr. Wonka. It's changing, shouted Violet chewing and grinning both at the same time. The second course is coming up. It's roast beef. It's tender and juicy. Oh boy, what a flavour. The baked potato is marvellous too. It's got a crispy skin and it's all filled with butter inside. But how interesting, Violet, said Mrs. Beauregard. You are a clever girl. Keep chewing, baby, said Mr. Beauregard. Keep right on chewing. This is a great day for the Beauregards. Our little girl's the first person in the world to have a chewing gum meal. Everybody was watching Violet Beauregard as she stood there chewing this extraordinary gum. Little Charlie Bucket was staring at her, absolutely spellbound, watching her huge rubbery lips as they pressed and unpressed with the chewing. And Grandpa Joe stood beside him, gasping at the girl. Mr. Wonka was wringing his hands and saying, No, 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 no! It isn't ready for eating! It isn't right! You mustn't do it! Blueberry pie and cream! shouted Violet. Here it comes! Oh my, it's perfect! It's beautiful! It's... It's exactly though I'm swallowing it! 
It's as though I'm chewing and swallowing great big spoonfuls of the most marvellous blueberry pie in the world. Good heavens, girl, shrieked Mrs. Beauregard, suddenly staring at Violet. What's happening to your nose? Oh, be quiet, mother, and let me finish, said Violet. It's turning blue, screamed Mrs. Beauregard. Your nose is turning blue as a blueberry. Your mother is right, shouted Mr. Beauregard. Your whole nose has gone purple. What do you mean, said Violet, still chewing away. Your cheeks, screamed Mrs. Beauregard. They're turning blue as well. So's your chin. Your whole face is turning blue. Spit that gum out at once, ordered Mr. Beauregard. Mercy, save us, yelled Mrs. Beauregard. The girl's going blue and purple all over. Even her hair is changing colour. Violet, you're turning violet, Violet. What is happening to you? I told you, I haven't got it quite right, sighed Mr. Wonka, shaking his head sadly. I'll say you haven't, cried Mrs. Beauregard. Just look at the girl now. Everybody was staring at Violet, and what a terrible, peculiar sight she was. Her face and hands and legs and neck, in fact the skin all over her body, as well as a great big mop of curly hair, had turned a brilliant purplish blue, the colour of blueberry juice. Always goes wrong when we come to the dessert, sighed Mr. Wonka. It's the blueberry pie that does it. But I'll get it right one day. You wait and see. Violet, screamed Mrs. Beauregard. You're swelling up. I feel sick, Violet said. You're swelling up, screamed Mrs. Beauregard again. I feel most peculiar, gasped Violet. I'm not surprised, said Mr. Beauregard. Great heavens, girl, screeched Mrs. Beauregard. You're blowing up like a balloon. Like a blueberry, said Mr. Wonka. Call a doctor, shouted Mr. Beauregard. Prick her with a pin, said one of the other fathers. Save her, cried Mrs. Beauregard, wringing her hands. But there was no saving her now. Her body was swelling up and changing shape at such a rate that within a minute it had turned into nothing less than an enormous round blue ball. A gigantic blueberry, in fact. And all that remained of Violet Beauregard herself was a tiny pair of legs and a tiny pair of arms sticking out of the great round fruit and little head on top. Always happens like that, sighed Mr. Wonka. I've tried it 20 times in the, twisting, uh, in the testing room on 20 Oompa Loompas and every one of them finished up as a blueberry. It's most annoying. I just can't understand it. But I don't want a blueberry for a daughter, yelled Mrs. Beauregard. Put her back to what she was this instant. Mr. Wonka clicked his fingers and 10 Oompa Loompas appeared immediately at his side. Roll Miss Beauregard into the boat, he said to them, and take her along to the juicing room at once. The juicing room, cried Mrs. Beauregard. What are they going to do to her there? Squeeze her, said Mr. Wonka. We've got to squeeze the juice out of her immediately. After that, we'll just have to see how she comes out. But don't worry, my dear Mrs. Beauregard. We'll get her repaired if it's the last thing we do. I am sorry about it all. I really am. Already the ten Oompa were rolling the enormous blueberry across the floor of the inventing room towards a door that led to the chocolate river where the boat was waiting. Mr. and Mrs. Beauregard hurried after them. The rest of the party, including little Charlie Bucket and Grandpa Joe, stood absolutely still and watched them go. Listen, whispered Charlie. Listen, Grandpa, the Oompa in the boat outside are starting to sing. The voices of... One hundred of them singing together came loud and clear into the room. 
Dear friends, we surely all agree There's almost nothing worse to see And some repulsive little bum Is always chewing, chewing gum It's very near as bad as those Who sit around and pick their nose So please believe us when we say a Chewing gum will never pay Sticky habits bound to send A chewer to a sticky end Did any of you ever know? A person called Miss Bigelow This dreadful woman so no wrong And chewing, chewing all day long She chewed while bathing in the tub She chewed while dancing at a club She chewed in church and on the bus It really was quite ludicrous And when she couldn't find her gun She chewed up the linoleum Or anything that happened near A pair of boots, the postman's ear or other people's underclothes And once she chewed her boyfriend's nose She went on chewing till at last Her chewing muscles grow so fast And from her face her giant chin Suck out just like a violin For years and years she chewed away Consuming fifty bits a day Until one summer's eve alas A horrid business came to pass Miss Bigelow went late to bed For half an hour she lay and read Chewing and chewing all the while like some great clockwork crocodile. At last she put her gum away upon the special little tray and settled back and went to sleep. She managed this by counting sheep. But now how strange, although she slept, those massive jaws of her still kept on chewing, chewing through the night, even with nothing there to bite. There were you see you in such a groove, they positively had to move. And very grim it was to hear in pitchy darkness loud and clear. The sleeping woman's great big trap, opening and shutting, snap, snap, snap. Faster and faster, chop, chop, chop. The nice went on, it wouldn't stop. Until at last her girls decide to pause and open extra wide. And with their most tremendous chew, they bit their lady's tongue in two. Thereafter, just from chewing gum, Miss Bigelow was always dumb. And spent her life shut up in some disgusting sanatorium. And now that's why we'll try so hard to save Miss Violet Beauregard. From suffering an equal fate, she's still quite young, it's not too late. Provided she survives the cure, we hope she does, we can't be sure. Chapter 22 Along the Corridor well, 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 sighed Mr. Willy Wonka. Two naughty little children gone, three good little children left. I think we'd better get out of this room quickly before we lose anyone else. Uh, but Mr. Wonka, said Charlie Bucket anxiously, will Violet Beauregard ever be all right again, or will she always be a blueberry? They'll deduce her in no time flat, declared Mr. Wonka. They'll roll her into the deducing machine and she'll come out just as thin as a whistle. But will she still be blue all over? asked Charlie. She'll be purple, cried Mr. Wonka, a fine rich purple from head to toe. But there you are, that's what comes from chewing disgusting gum all day long. If you think gum is so disgusting, said Mike TV, then why do you make it in your factory? I do wish you wouldn't mumble, said Mr. Wonka. I can't hear a word you're saying. Come on, off we go, hurry up, follow me. We're going into the corridors again. And so saying, Mr. Wonka scuttled across to the far end of the inventing room and went out through a small secret door hidden behind a lot of pipes and stoves. The three remaining children, Veruca Salt, Mike TV and Charlie Bucket, together with the five remaining grown-ups, followed after him. Charlie Bucket saw that they were now back in one of those long pink corridors with many other pink corridors leading out of it. Mr. Wonka was rushing along in front, turning left and right and right and left, and Grandpa Joe was saying, 
Keep a good hold of my hand, Charlie. It'd be terrible to get lost in here. Mr. Wonka was saying, No time for any more messing about. We'll never get anywhere at the right we've been going. And on he rushed down the endless pink corridors with his black top hat perched on the top of his head and his plum-coloured velvet coattails flying out behind him like a flag in the wind. They passed the door on the wall. No time to go in, shouted Mr. Wonka. Press on, press on. They passed another door, then another, and another. There were doors every twenty paces or so along the corridor now, and they all had something written on them, and strange clanking noises were coming from behind several of them, and delicious smells came wafting through the keyholes, and sometimes little jets of coloured steam shot out from the cracks underneath. Grandpa Joe and Charlie were half running and half walking to keep up with Mr. Wonka, but they were able to read what it said on quite a few of the doors as they hurried by. Eatable marshmallow pillows, it said on one. Marshmallow pillows are terrific, shouted Mr. Wonka as he dashed by. I'll be all the rage when I get them into the shops. No time to go in, though. No time to go in. Lickable wallpaper for nurseries, it said on the next door. Lovely stuff. Lickable wallpaper, cried Mr. Wonka, rushing past. As pictures of fruits on it. Bananas, apples, oranges, grapes, pineapples, strawberries, and snozberries. Snozberries, said Mike TV. Don't interrupt, said Mr. Wonka. The wallpaper has pictures of all these fruits printed on it, and when you lick the picture of a banana, it tastes of banana. When you lick a strawberry, it tastes of strawberry. And when you lick a snozberry, it tastes just exactly like a snozberry. But what does a snozberry taste like? You're mumbling again, said Mr. Wonka. Speak louder next time. On we go, hurry up. Hot ice creams for cold days, it said on the next door. Extremely useful in the winter, said Mr. Wonka, rushing on. Hot ice cream warms you up, no end in freezing weather. I also make hot ice cubes for putting in hot drinks. Hot ice cubes make hot drinks hotter. Cows that give chocolate milk, it said on the next door. Ah, my pretty little cows, cried Mr. Wonka. How I love those cows. But why can't we see them, asked Verukasot. Why do we have to go rushing on past all these lovely rooms? We shall stop in time, called out Mr. Wonka. Don't be so madly impatient. Fizzy lifting drinks, it said on the next door. Oh, those are fabulous, cried Mr. Wonka. They fill you with bubbles, and the bubbles are full of a special kind of gas. And this gas is so terrifically lifting that it lifts you right off the ground, just like a balloon. And up you go until your head hits the ceiling, and there you stay. But how do you come down again, asked little Charlie. You do a burp, of course, said Mr. Wonka. You do a great big long rude burp, and... Up comes the gas and down comes you. But don't drink it outdoors. There's no knowing how high up you'll be carried if you do that. I gave some to an old Oompa Loompa once out in the backyard and he went up and up and disappeared out of sight. It was very sad. I never saw him again. He should have burped, Charlie said. Of course he should have burped, said Mr. Wonka. I stood there shouting, burp, you silly ass. Burp or you'll never come down again. But he didn't or couldn't or wouldn't. I don't know which. Maybe he was too polite. He must be on the moon by now. On the next door, it said square sweets that look round. Wait, cried Mr. Wonka, skidding suddenly to a halt. I'm very proud of my square sweets that look round. Let's take a peek. Chapter 23, Square Sweets That Look Round. Everybody stopped and crowded to the door. The top half of the door was made of glass. Grandpa Joe lifted Charlie up so that he could get a better view, and looking in, Charlie saw a long table, and on the table there were rows and rows of small white squared-shaped sweets. 
The sweets looked very much like square sugar lumps, except that each of them had a funny little pink face painted on one side. At the end of the table, a number of Oompa Loompas were busily painting more faces on more sweets. There you are, cried Mr Wonka. Square sweets that look round. They don't look round to me, said Mike TV. They look square, said Veruca Salt. They look completely square. But they are square, said Mr Wonka. I never said they weren't. You said they were round, said Veruca Salt. I never said anything of the sort, said Mr Wonka. I said they looked round. But they don't look round, said Veruca Salt. They look square. They look round, insisted Mr Wonka. They most certainly do not look round, cried Veruca Salt. Veruca, darling, said Mrs Salt. Pay no attention to Mr Wonka. He's lying to you. My dear old fish, said Mr Wonka. Go and boil your head. How dare you speak to me like that, shouted Mrs Salt. Oh, do shut up, said Mr Wonka. Now watch this. He took a key from his pocket and unlocked the door and flung it open. And suddenly, at the sound of the door opening, all the rows of little square sweets looked quickly around to see who was coming in. The tiny faces actually turned towards the door and stared at Mr Wonka. There you are, he cried triumphantly. They're looking round. There's no argument about it. They are square sweets that look round. By golly, he's right, said Grandpa Joe. Come on, said Mr Wonka, starting off down the corridor again. On we go. We mustn't dawdle. Bubba Scotch and Bubba Gin, it said on the next door they passed. Now, that sounds a bit more interesting, said Mr Salt, Veruca's father. Glorious stuff, said Mr Wonka. The Oompa Lumpas all adore it. It makes them tiddly. Listen, you can hear them in there now, whooping it up. Shrieks of laughter and snatches of singing could be heard coming through the closed door. They're drunk as lords, said Mr Wonka. They're drinking butterscotch and soda. They like that best of all. Butter gin and tonics also very popular. Follow me, please. We really mustn't keep stopping like this. He turned left. He turned right. They came to a long flight of stairs. Mr Wonka slid down the banisters. Three children did the same. Mrs. Salt and Mrs. TV, the only women now left in the party, were getting very out of breath. Mrs. Salt was a great fat creature with short legs, and she was blowing like a rhinoceros. This way, cried Mr. Wonka, turning left at the bottom of the stairs. Go slower, panted Mrs. Salt. Impossible, said Mr. Wonka. We should never get there in time if I did. Get where? asked Veruca Salt. Never you mind, said Mr. Wonka. You just wait and see. Alright, that's it for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory today. I hope you're enjoying the story. Make sure you keep an ear out for more coming very soon. Alright, look after yourselves, take care, and bye for now.